All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Healing Law Podcast. Coming at you live for a while now. Um, tonight's topic I want to talk about, if you buy it, they will sell. What do, what do I mean by that? Huh? What does he mean by that? Well, let's find out. Let's take a let's take a big old look into that. Well, what inspired this was, again, this woman, uh, the Democrat, uh, the, she's running for dem- the Democratic presidential nomination, Marianna Williamson, I believe her name is. And, you know, um, I don't think she's a great presidential candidate. However, I think that she really is bringing amazing issues in the light that we really should be focusing on. The types of things we were genuinely focused on only seven years ago, but somehow we forgot. Issues like, well, if healthcare is not working, why isn't the healthcare system working? Why, if we have the best medicine ever, do diabetes rates continue to go up? Cancer rates continue to go up? I played clips in the past from her. Um, and honestly, I'd never even heard of her until the last debate, the first one. Um, and I just saw a clip of her talking about, you know, we don't have a health care program in the United States. We have a sick care program. And this is an old argument that got lost about seven years ago. And it was one that I found very important. And it has to do with a whole ideology which basically breached both sides. You know, it's not a left or right issue. This is the type of stuff that actually impacts people. These are real issues she's bringing up. Now, again, I, I'm not pushing for her for president, but I really like the conversations she's bringing about. And I hope that she kind of brings, you know, I, I hope she gets a lot more attention because she truly is bringing us back to these main issues. I mean, one of them was like uh, when Robin Williams killed himself, she was like, well, he was taking antidepressants, she said on Twitter. And they were giving her a hard time about this. But a lot of school shooters are using these antidepressants. A lot of people who kill themselves use antidepressants because they don't correct the problem. They don't cure anything. They just cover it up, and eventually it leaks out in a different way. And I, I, I'm amazed that somebody's finally bringing these issues back to the public, and I hope that this time we can actually do something about it. It's funny. It was literally seven years ago. It's like a cycle. This idea is being recycled again. The, the whole mindset she's bringing about. It's kind of something I've been waiting for Horizon again. Like labeling genetically modified foods. Nobody even knows what GMOs are anymore. They've already forgotten. They got buried. And I I am adamant that the last great push that the internet created before the whole gay marriage thing and everyone got swept up in LGBT only issues and then the Black Lives Matter in these specific organized issues which are you know, being funded by mega donors and people with millions of dollars. The issues Mariana is bringing up are grassroots issues, truly grassroots issues. Why are the rates of diabetes rising? Why are the cancer rates rising? Yeah, the survival rates for cancer are going up, but so are the rates of cancer. Because obviously we all know that the companies are making money off of the people's back. Right? You keep people sick, but you keep them alive, and you charge them $60,000 a month for a pill, which barely keeps them alive. But as long as they're alive, they can, you, know, you can continue to get money from them. We don't need to be focused on where this money's going to be coming from because, I mean, seriously, why? Imagine if everyone's just on the healthcare system 
and the government just pays the bill. No one can stand there and protest the charge like someone who has to actually stand there and pay for it. The moment the government pays for it, the government and these mega pharmaceutical corporations just walk hand in hand down the road, skipping merrily as they take advantage of you and continue to raise your tax rates and continue to say, oh, the debt ceiling's risen. We need to print more fake money because we don't even have enough. Yet they're still taxing us, still raising the taxes. <laughs> but they can just print money at a whim anyways. So why are they taxing us? I mean, I got my opinions on it. I don't even have opinions. I know what's going on. It's a fucking joke. But, you know, people want to keep playing the game. That's fine. And there are benefits to playing the game. There are. There are a lot of benefits to just paying your taxes and going along with what the government says. There's a lot of benefits. It makes things easier, you know. Lot, you know but the fact, that, the fact is the government is tearing apart families ripping fathers from homes by paying the mothers to raise children on their own with food stamps, WIC, all, all these different things just benefit women raising children on their own and then making it so that it's easier for them just to leave men. When there used to be a union between men and women and we stood against the government when we needed to, but once a family unit's broken, you can't. And the next generation gets raised and Hell, I was raised in hell. I, I didn't know where to stand. I'm still finding the ground to stand on. And I had a pretty good childhood overall, to be honest with you. I just didn't have my actual father in it. And the effects of that still carry to this day. I mean, it's something that I'm really realizing how big the effect has been recently. But, you know, rather than arguing about... All kinds of stupid crap. I, I don't. It's just like whatever issues the media brings up. That's literally what people talk about. What happened to us talking about what we want to talk about? Screw what the media says, man. Like we we all know they're foolish, their own stuff, man. Like years ago, again, seven years ago, it it was a genuine consensus among everyone I'd ever spoken to. CNN lied. Fox News lied. Nobody trusted mainstream media. Now, all of a sudden, we start trusting them again because they're talking about Russia collusion. And, you know, then they fight, they pin themselves up against Fox News. And then it splits the country in half, but it makes half the country think Fox News is legit and half the country think CNN's legit when both of them are pushing the same BS. Now, there's easily way better hosts on Fox News. I'm sorry, CNN. Like, there are a few real hosts on Fox News. Fox News does actually give their hosts some leeway. But overall, they're still pushing that same BS narrative. It's still the right versus the left, Republican, Democrat, racism, blah, 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 blah. If, if you're focused on how racist other people are, you're a racist. I, I hate to bring it to you. If you're focused on white people are doing this, Black people are doing this. I don't care. Whatever race it is, if, if that's literally where your mind's at all the time, like fucking white people, fucking black people, you're a racist. I, I don't care who you think's in charge, whatever. And it doesn't benefit you to think like this. It doesn't benefit anyone to sit there and be like pinned up against someone. Like it's all these people's faults 
or at least most of my problems are coming from them. No, none of your problems are coming from any one group of people. It is a spiritual war out here. But, you know, I'm trying to break it down on a physical plane because I realize most people don't see it that way. But I would be lying to you if I said this whole time, this, this is a spiritual war. There's only one way to win. And that's to have God on your side, whatever that God is to you. And I, and I, I would be lying if I didn't make that statement. Because I can sit here and be like, you can do it on your own. But no, you can't. You can't. No one can do it on their own. No one can. The clothes I wear weren't made by me. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the room I'm sitting in, the house I'm living in, the people who made it are dead most likely. It's so old. Like the books on my shelves, the people who wrote them are dead. A lot of them, some of them are still living. The books, the people in the books, a lot of them are dead. I, you know, we couldn't do this on our own. So, you know, we're not on our own too. And that's all the beauty of it. And we're not perfect and we'll never be perfect. And that's fine. But we can still do the right thing, right? And one of these right things is focusing on real issues, not the circus in front of us. Like, and it was, it was a big jump in 2012. There was a big jump in 2012. Because the circus used to be on the radio. It used to be on TV. You would have to go sit down and watch certain channels. But you could also ignore the circus by watching Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or whatever. But then everything started coming out on Netflix. Everything started coming out on Hulu. Everything started coming out on Facebook. You know, Twitter really picked up. Then they learned how to control the thought. The narrative. And and that's what propaganda is. I mean, you can watch one of the... That one guy, is called, he called himself the chief propagandist. He went off and started a program, an app called NewsGuard, which is now standard on all Chrome devices. It basically tells you if you can trust this news source or not. One of the leading people on that was what was called a chief... Prop, he called himself the chief propagandist. And he said, look, I don't think propaganda is a bad thing. A master narrative, something that everyone believes in, is something that's important to government. And he stood by that. And that's fine. But I mean, I'm not going to hate him. It's like, there's no reason to hate these people. There's no reason to even be angry at them or waste our time or even a second glance at what they're doing. But we need to see what they're doing and be aware of it and move on. I mean, but to sit here and dwell on it or hate them, it doesn't benefit you. So that's why you just, like, you have to keep moving, right? You see an issue, you point it out, you keep moving. Think about it for a moment. Because until you can come up with an effective solution, it doesn't really matter. It's just an issue. It's like, dude, you're bleeding, right? You're bleeding, bro. You're bleeding. He's like, yeah, man, I'm bleeding, man. It sucks, man. That guy shouldn't have cut me like that, right? Man, that was, yeah, dude, he shouldn't have cut you like that, bro. That was messed up. Oh, man, yeah, man, that was, I can't believe he cut me like that. Meanwhile, nobody's covering up the wound. Lifting it up above the heart, right? Stop the bleeding. Nobody's taking uh, any time to remedy the situation. They're just talking about how bad it is. That's where we come to as a society. We get on Twitter and we talk about how bad a situation is and never come up with a solution. We just sit there and we pound on it, pound on it, pound on it. Well, what good is it doing? It's not doing anything. There are times, but... But I have seen exceptions to this, and that's what really amazes me about the year of 2012. And I think going in, no, it's 2012. 
There was a major countrywide push to label genetically modified ingredients in food. National. Nationwide, to get it passed in California. And it failed in California, went to Vermont, and they passed it. Then Monsanto sued Vermont. They kind of won in a way, but they also lost. And just last year, behind everybody's back, nobody knew what was even happening. What was it? Yeah, 2012 to 2019. So it was actually probably like 2013 to 2019. So six years later, or sorry, 2018. So five years later, they passed a bill which required uh, genetically modified labeling to begin this year. And next year, all major corporations will have to label all genetically modified ingredients. But it's funny because these labeling standards are already behind genetically edited foods, which are a different thing altogether. But I'm not even here to talk about that. But what the whole point of that is, is when we focused on a real issue and we brought it upon the government to make changes, the entire internet band together in that one instance. Nationwide effort, and we passed it. Then they went and did the same thing with gay marriage. And whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. I'm not even here to discuss that anymore. I, at the time, I was a supporter. Now, I honestly don't know. But from gay marriage, it just went into this selfish behavior. And that's my biggest issue with gay marriage, is it took over that conversation. Then it became LGBT rights. That's what we all argued about. And now with people like Marianne Williamson, one of these Democratic uh, presidential hopefuls, she's not going to make it. But you know what? And I think she knows she's not. There's no way. She's not beating Trump. She's not going to beat the other Democrats. But what she is doing is she's bringing back a national dialogue that we've been missing for seven years. Why is modern medicine making us sicker? Why do people who take antidepressants end up going on massive shootings or killing themselves? Why are so many people on pharmaceutical drugs? These are things that the government in the <laughs> the government medical complex doesn't want you thinking about. Why is St. John's work clinically proven to the same degree as Zoloft, as Xan, whatever it is, is Xanax, is all these different, no, Xanax is like a pink, Zoloft and all these different antidepressants. St. John's work, clinically proven to be just as effective for mild to moderate depression. But whenever you get in these manic depressive states, I don't really think there is any single drug that works, you probably have to take a cocktail of things. But that includes so-called antidepressants. But, you know, St. John's wort grows in my yard. Right? It doesn't grow in my yard now. It used to. When I was in New York. And that's, that brings me to a whole other thing about the bees. But St. John's wort is just abundantly available. Why aren't people taking that still? We forget, we've cast that aside. That ancient knowledge has been passed down we don't need scientific studies because people have been taking it for thousands of years and they know it works. I've taken St. John's Wort when I was depressed and I know it works. 
It might not be immediate for everyone, but it, it works. And, I, and to be honest with you, I went into such bouts of depression. Uh, again, seven years ago, I went through a lot of changes back then. And I guess I'm going through a lot of changes now, too. Maybe that's why I'm having such a – seven years later, I'm going through a lot of changes, right? And then you get a new body every seven years. What does that mean? I don't know. Let's see. But seven years ago, I took St. John's work when I was going through some of the worst depression I ever had. And I took it for a month, and from there I never needed it again. I just didn't need it. I, I remember when I took it, I was, like, writing poetry. Like, I was inspired to live. It was crazy. But yet, that isn't prescribed by doctors because nobody's making money. The FDA requires, I don't, I don't remember how many years of studying, uh, I think it's like 14 years on average, or it's, it's at least seven years. It's several years and multi-millions of dollars of money, whatever. I don't know how many years it is. I forgot. There's a great book I have somewhere, and it, I was reading about it. It had, like, essays from, you know, doctor, like doctoral essays or whatever. And we're talking about how expensive it was to get a pharmaceutical to market. I think it was around $14 million dollars. Nobody's going to pay $14 million, no one person, to study the effect of St. John's work on depression. Maybe a group of people can come together for that, but do you realize that that's such a, it's such an obstacle, right? Whereas a pharmaceutical company who owns these compounds often are synthetically derived from the plants that they're found in, that they already knew worked, they just synthetically derive it, then they make it, then they pay the $14 million. They own the patent, and no one else can use that information. But nobody's going to patent. You can't patent St. John's work. So if you spend $14 million to prove that it cures depression or that it's able to treat it, because even pharmaceuticals don't cure. Nothing cures anything. It's all a treatment. Even if you pay that money to do that, then another company can just step in because it's just St. John's work. We all know what it is, and you can't own St. John's work. And so you might find in a future companies genetically modifying a strain of St. John's work, then proving this about the strain, etc. Because that's why we genetically modify things is so that corporations can own them. For the mo that's first and foremost the reason they do it, so that corporate entities can own the food supply. That's the biggest reason behind genetically modifying crops. But people argue, you know, they're safe. But there's so many things to argue about. First and foremost, corporations are attempting to own the seed which the food supply is produced by. Farmers, this, you know, Monsanto made Terminator seeds. They make one generation of seeds and never again. So you have to buy the next generation again from Monsanto every year. And if you reuse the seeds, and they even have laws like that, some certain strains of seeds... If you regrow these seeds, plant them back in your fields, they'll fine you so much money. And there was a huge issue back in the day about an heirloom farmer across the road from a genetically modified farmer. Bees cross-pollinating this genetic DNA. First of all, ruining the heirloom seed of the farmer. Second of all, Monsanto comes by and says, well, you know what, this corn has our genetic material in it. Suing these farmers out of business. People forget about these things. And you know what? It's fine. But it's coming back into the spotlight.
but in a new way because now we have gene edited programs where CRISPR technology can genetically edit the DNA directly and then just multiple, you know, make whatever amount of strains you can make, whatever traits you want. You can make turquoise corn if you wanted, if you could find the right genetic trait. There's all kinds of issues with that. And then there's issues with like the bees, right? One of the things that I've noticed from in New York, I had a lot of, there's a, it was a, mostly a, a lot of upper New York state is just refuge type lands, protected, pres, preserved land, because it's the watershed. It's where New York City is getting its water. So they want that clean water, right? So they invest a lot of money to the upstate to keep that area, to keep that watershed private, to keep people out of the watershed, to make sure nobody's dumping chemicals in the watershed. And in my yard up there, I, I never really cut the grass. On my side, like I had to in parts of it, but I let the wildflowers come in for the most part. Like I would cut, like, cause we had tenants and I mostly just cut their lawn in the front part of my lawn. I like to have a cut, you know, front, nice front grassy lawn. And then on the sides I had all kinds of wildflowers popping up and I would weed some of them out as I didn't like them. Right. And on the other side, there was like a half an acre of just wildflower and I would cut a path through it and the kids were playing it. It was great. It was amazing. I love wildflowers. Huh? And then I moved down to North Carolina. I'm growing some squash. And the first sign of anything that I even that brought this to my attention was I was reading in Cora. It was like somebody was like, my squash are growing, but they're not producing any squash. And then I was like, oh, yeah, well, you need bees to cross-pollinate the squash flowers, right? Or they won't produce anything. I've had squash growing for months. It's growing up the side of my house. Not one squash. Not one. Not one zucchini, not one cup, not one. And I've only seen two bees <laughs> since I've been down here this year. And there are thousands upon thousands of acres of cornfields. None of these cornfields have any flowers other than when the corn might flower, you know, late, it's starting to flower now. But the rest of the year, the bees have to go without any flowers for like miles. I mean, we're talking about there's a lot of acres of corn. I mean, it's it's infathomable even when you see it. I couldn't explain it to you. I mean, you'll be driving 20 miles down the road. 90% of what you see on your right and your left is corn. It's crazy. But there are no bees. And I live in a small city. I've seen two bees. One was sick, and I'm pretty sure the other was sick as well. And these were giant, like, I think they're even the... Uh, Carpenter bees, actually. They weren't even like regular bees. It's the ones that drill in the wood. Because there just isn't flowers for them, right? So what can we do about that? Well, we can ask the farmers to start growing some wildflower patches, right? We can do things like that. I want to start doing things like that. But when we're sitting out here in the streets arguing about bullshit, like, just not doing anything, just arguing on the internet. The only thing winning is evil. Because <laughs> we're not doing anything. We're just occupied arguing. 
on the situations that oftentimes that evil force brought to our attention. And in a way it was brought to our attention, in a way which we think we're doing good by talking about it, but we're never acting. And there's no reason to blame yourself because sometimes you have to sit there and you have to evaluate the situation. Like, I moved into a new scenario down here. I don't know how to bring this idea to people's attention. In upstate New York, there were so many wildflowers. But there wasn't farmland, not because the government's so great or whatever. It was rocky, stony land up there, and there's no way people are going to be growing acres of corn. It would never happen. There's so many stones in the, in the, you know, in the, in the fields. Down here, it's just open field. It's just land. And North Carolina does a great job in many ways. Many, many ways it does an amazing job of preserving wildlife. Like where I grew up in this one place, it was three-quarters refuge. I mean, three-quarters of the island I lived on was refuge land. You weren't allowed to hunt there except for certain times of year. And it's major protected. Like, there's no houses for miles. It's literally just, it's a lot of swamp there. And then, you know, you go across in the same county. On that side of the beach, there's wild horses roaming. They were dropped off by, I believe, the Spaniards. And now they're like an endangered species. And this is one of the things I've been looking into. We're trying to make a documentary on it. These wild horses over there, because they're trying to kill them off, saying that they're a problem now. <laughs> there's groups out there like, these horses are a problem. But also one of the great things about the beach in the county where I grew up was you know, you can drive on it. You can drive four-wheel drive down the beach. It's pretty amazing. And I, I don't know. It's like these are amazing things. There's so many things that aren't even like, but none of that will ever be mentioned in the media. By none of it. The bees, maybe once or twice. Never to do anything about it. Just to complain about the issue. Just say, oh, my God, there's a problem with the bees. Oh, my God, look. And then, you know, just jump on to the next thing. Right? There's no, there's no focus on issues anymore. Because focus, one person focusing on something is crazy. Like the, the amount of potential that person has. When hundreds of people focus on something, even more so. When millions of people focus on nonsense, we have what we have today. Nonsense. Everywhere. Yet we all still live our lives in our own, you know. But in our collective conscious, it's just nonsense. It's clutter. It's BS. It's garbage. But if we started to focus on issues we, we were concerned about and writing them down, thinking about what we're actually trying to focus on and how we can impact the world for the better while maintaining our own existence if we all start doing that rather than just following one issue that we see on TV to the next we can actually do things we can actually get things done and nobody wants that happening that runs the world you know they want, they, there's people that want to run the world. Yes, that's a conspiracy theory. And if you think that people with money don't want more money and more power, 
you're crazy. And when multiple people come together who are loaded to conspire against a group of people, and somebody thinks about that and proposes it, that's a conspiracy theory. Because those people conspiring against civilization are never going to Like, you know, we're conspiring against you guys, actually. So we just wanted you to know. It's not going to happen. They're going to deceive you. They're going to be like, those are conspiracy theories, and that's a lie. Conspiracy theory is not a bad thing. Conspiracy theories aren't even actually theories half the time. They just literally are what's up, what are what is. But it's like how gravity is a theory. Gravity is what is, but people still want to argue against it and say it's a theory. Okay, whatever. Those people who argue against how gravity is just a theory and it's not true are just as crazy as someone who says to someone who believes that there's that there's a government conspiracy to keep people ignorant to a situation. They're just as crazy. It's the same craziness. Gravity is real. And people want to co-opt the government for their own personal interest and gain. Or you could argue both. Maybe you think both of those are crazy. That's more logical than thinking one is crazy and the other's not. What's up, Big Papa Stalin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just ranting about... Just going on a rant about issues. You know what, guys? Big Papa Stalin... Makisha, I, I feel like I've, I had a great show just now. I think, well, I've, I've got a lot of points out that I want to get out, and I want to upload this one, and I'll be right back. So I'm going to close out this show, guys. Uh, be sure to subscribe, Healing Law, and if you're live right now, I will literally be right back in like five minutes and continue talking about what I was talking about. But um, I like to have a recorded show when I can, and if you guys happen to catch me live that are listening to this recording, be sure. Gravity is fake. All right. Hold on, Big Palestine. Tell me when you get back. Copy and paste it later. In just a moment. Um, HealingLaw.com for more information. And if you want to support the show, I rely on your support to do this. You know, PayPal.me backslash HealingLaw. PayPal.me backslash HealingLaw. And be sure, of course, to like. And, of course, hit that follow button. And, you know, leave a comment. If you liked something that I said, be sure to bring it up to my attention. Uh, people already feel free to bring up whatever they didn't like, but <laughs> if you liked something, leave a comment, and I'll be right back if you're live. <laughs>